Oh, shit. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you at right now. Tuned into your favorite podcast, the Bring the Wood podcast. And y'all already know this is a Camper Chronicle Productions, man. Hey, y'all know what time it is, man. It's a beautiful day. Unfortunately, I'm here dolo today. My boy Chase had a little um hospital scare earlier this week. And um, he's doing better though, but he had the house recovering. Hopefully, I'll see him tomorrow for football Fridays. But say a prayer to the bro, Big Che. Uh, speedy recovery, big dog. We need you on the potty, man. You already know, and we need you in this world. So many blessings and get healthy, dog. But uh, y'all know what it is, man. It's another Camper Chronicle Productions to bring the wood podcast, and I'm your host, D Wood. Up to some real good on this Thursday, man. And it's cranking, dog. We're gonna get straight into it. We talking hoops, and it's actually kind of been um a little weird in hoops. Uh, before I get into the Kings lighting the beam and my um Nets running naked down the street, which I really just mean we streaking because <laughs> we streaking good right now. Before I get into that, I just want to get into um just a couple things that I seen um in the tabloids. I like to use the word tabloids in the tabloids of recently. I don't know if y'all seen uh, what's going on with Zach Levine. Uh, I want to say a couple days ago, just probably like two three days ago, and they played uh at halftime, bro. They kind of got into it like. Zach Levine and players. Like it was like three or four players. Can't really tell who I was talking to him. DeMar DeRozan wasn't one of them. DeMar was kind of just like sitting off to the side, kind of like over the whole situation. Kind of outside look. But it was like Levine and probably like three or four guys. And they were kind of like going back and forth uh at halftime during their uh, or during the Wolves game this week. And um it was it was really, really bad. Uh, a bad look. Obviously, it's happened a lot this year. But um even after that, a couple teammates after the game had even came out. And called uh, Zach Levine out on some BS. I guess he just, you know, I don't know exactly what's going on, but I don't know if they don't like the way he's playing or, you know, exactly what he's doing or not doing that's affecting the team, especially when you're one of the um, leaders on the team, you're one of the better players, you're one of the all-stars on the team. You know, I think, uh, you know, the, the role players expect something, expect more out of you. So I definitely think um, this is not something that we should uh, be- uh, turn our eyes to. I definitely think this could be a problem um, lurking. Ooh, excuse me, because right after this, right after the Zach Levine thing, uh, DeMar DeRozan uh, potentially could be asking for a trade. He ain't said he want to trade, but there's rumblings to say that he might want to uh, trade at the end of the season just because of all the madness. And the team technically ain't sold on him. They ain't really invested all the way into him. They ain't really invested into Levine. You know, they just kind of putting a bunch of players together. So it's just kind of like, man, let me get out of here. Try to go somewhere where I'm work. But it's definitely um a little hectic in uh in in um Chicago to say the least, I'll say just to start right now. But um Zach Levine, he's averaging 21 points, four rebounds, four assists, um, shooting 44% from the field, shoots a little uh a little over 30% from the three this year, like 30, 31.6% three-point shooter this year. He's a 35% shooter for his career. Um solid player, he's missed some games this year. Uh, I think they need him to be successful. They've obviously hasn't looked as good as um they wanted to look this year. Um, you know what I'm saying? Definitely on the outside looking in on the playoffs and definitely we're expecting them to be a playoff team. But you know with, with the uh, you know, with the Knicks and the Pacers and um, you know, the Cavs being much better teams this year. Just, you know, some teams are in, some teams are out. But um I think Levine, um I, I think he might want out. You know, he even wanted to go to the Lakers before he even got to Chicago. So, you know, you never really know. But um obviously this is um something you're gonna wanna monitor especially with a team that's not winning right now. You're not winning and you're in turmoil where two of your star players aren't feeling it right now. And again, DeMar DeRozan is um, having a much better year uh, than Levine uh, 
He's averaging all, uh, 25.9, basically 26 points per game, which is 15th in the league, five rebounds, four assists, shooting 50% from the field, which is a, a top half in the league, 35th, which sounds like far down, but when you got bigs who shoot 60 and 80%, 50% for a guard is is above average, to be honest. Um, and he's 50% from the field right now. So DeMar DeRozan is playing at a high level. So if they actually want to get some value for him, this would be um, the perfect time if they want to try to make a move or if he wants to move at the end of the season. You definitely want to get him while his value is high and he's still playing um, elite-level basketball, all-star caliber basketball with 26 points per game. Um, so I definitely think that's um, something that we should keep our eye on with a little uh, ruffling going on with the Bulls. I think that's um, something we should we should definitely uh, peep at. But um, like I said, they're not, they're not doing well, so I think that's what kind of the problem is. Winning cures all, and when you're not winning, it it makes the smallest problems um, enlarge tenfold. So you know that's definitely a problem going on in Chicago. But that's not the only place this is going on. That um, one of the offseason problems uh, that's basically reared its head and just rolled over into the regular season into this year, which kind of expected just by how it all went. DeAndre Aiden and the Phoenix Suns. Um, again, I don't know if y'all were watching the Suns game. Uh, this was probably beginning of the week. Uh, can't remember who this one was playing, but at halftime, talking on it, not even halftime. This is during a timeout. I want to say third quarter timeout. Monty Williams and DeAndre Aiden are literally going at it. You can't tell what they're saying, but for all my, um, how do I want to uh, phrase this? For all my uh, black folk, color folk, you know what I'm saying? When you, when you see people slapping their hand, slapping their hand when they're talking, or always putting their hands up, both hands by the side of their head, shaking. You know it's it's uh it's not just uh, a kumbaya conversation. But Aiden and Monty Williams been getting into it since last year in the playoffs when he benched Aiden down the stretch for those last couple games. Aiden said something about an offseason. He said him and Monty hadn't spoke all offseason. I'm pretty sure they're not doing too much talking during this season. Um, don't forget, Aiden actually signed a tenure with the Pacers to get signed, but the Suns matched the offer because you don't want to just lose a player for nothing for free. So you sign that man, but you can't trade him until January. But guess what? January is right around the corner. I truly believe, <clears throat> excuse me, hold on, let me hit this hot chocolate. I truly believe that Aiden will be traded um, come January. I think it's, it's either January 12th or January 24th is when players who sign deals over the offseason can be traded. So I'm saying come January, maybe about February, I think DeAndre Aiden will definitely um, be traded. He just, uh, he doesn't, I ain't gonna say he don't fit with the Suns, but the Suns don't want to feature him. Like he was round one, pick one. He wants to be a, 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 um, he wants to be a Joel Embiid type player, a Nurkic type player. I mean, a Joker type player. You know what I'm saying? Um, not saying he is that we don't know if he is or he isn't, but 17 points, uh, nine, 9.7 rebounds, 15th in the league. And he's, uh, 62% from the field, which is six in the NBA. A very efficient player, very good around the rim. And, again, this is a player who doesn't get um, a lot of touches and a lot of plays called for him because you got Chris Paul and you got Devin Booker and Miles and Michael Bridges all on the same team who are all considered uh, better players or, or more uh, facilitated players than DeAndre, DeAndre Aiden, even though he was the first pick in the draft. So um, I definitely think come January, DeAndre Aiden, out of all of these players, I think DeAndre Aiden will be the one who for sure – will be moved if need be because I definitely think he's just uh, he's over he's over Phoenix man and I think he has the right to be he wants to be featured more in the offense he wants to be a, a 25 and 12 type of big and you can't do that when you got 
uh, a shooting guard in Devin Booker who's going to go get 50, you know what I'm saying, every night. You got a point guard who wants to control the tempo of the game, and uh, you know what I'm saying, and, and pick his spots and wants to get a lot of players involved and not just a, a particular player. So I definitely think Aiden wants to get somewhere where he can be the best player on the team or at least be uh, thought of as that, you know, to where now the plays run through him. He wants it to be like Embiid and James Harden. You know what I'm saying? Where Embiid's the guy, but you got you with James Harden. I think that's what Aiden wants, and I don't think um, he's wrong for wanting that as being the first pick in the draft. So I definitely think it's uh, something to monitor. And, again, this 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 is uh, fumbling over from the offseason because this, this started in the playoffs last season. Um, when they took that L to Luka and them, and he didn't play down the stretch. So I definitely think this one, um, this is definitely some um, fan to the fire. And I definitely think uh, out of all the guys that I'll be talking about right now, I got one more guy who's uh, actually been making some headlines for the wrong reasons uh, right after I talk about Aiden. But I think Aiden is the one who will be moved um, just because uh, just because of the situation and, and what he wants and what he's being uh, given. But this last guy I'm about to talk about, um, who's basically been in the media of recent, I definitely think this could be uh, big. I don't think he's going to go anywhere yet, though. He's still on a uh, uh, vaguely uh, smaller deal. Uh, he might still be on his rookie con on his rookie max. Um, so, but to get to it, it's Trey Young, bro. I don't know if y'all been keeping up with Atlanta this year. For starters, they're not doing well. They're ninth. They're in the play-in. They're 16 and 16. They're 500, so they're not a terrible team. Uh, actually, 16 and 16 is tied with the seventh and eighth seed in the East. But um, I'm not sure Trey Young just likes where the team is going, and I'm not sure why. I thought DeJounte Murray was an amazing pickup, if not one of the not the best pickup of the offseason, and he's been very good for the team. Um, but Trey Young got into it with Mike Woods maybe like two times. I mean, not Mike Woods, wrong coach. Um, ooh, I hate that. I just forgot the name of that coach. It's not Mike Woods. Mike Woods is the wrong coach. Uh, uh, um. McMillan, there it is, Nate McMillan, that's his name. But he got into it with Nate McMillan twice um, on the sideline. And that's been the, been the hot take. It's players and coaches kind of just uh, button heads, I should say. But um, it's, uh, it's rumored that he could be wanting to request a trade, which would be crazy because I don't really know why you want to be traded. I don't think the team's in a bad situation. I think they're a good team. I think it's a lot of talent. I think you're still the featured player. But um, you know, I I don't really know. Like I said, I don't know how much proof it is to this or not. This is this is early speculation. This is the one that I don't really have the most information on. But um, you know, it came across my my uh my desk. I like to say, so I went read on it and reviewed it, and it's just kind of like smoke. It's more so saying he's just upset with the way everything is going right now. The team is playing, and uh, he feels like the arrow isn't pointing in the right direction as far as the future of the team. Um, that could just be his own personal thing. You, you really don't know. Obviously, we don't know what's going on with the internals of the team. Obviously, they're trying to trade John Collins. So for I feel like that's already a problem with somebody who uh, really has an actual rapport with uh, John Collins. So maybe that could be one of the reasons. But again, Trey Young is one of the better guards in the league, one of the better players in the league, 27 points per game, which is 10th in the league, and almost 10 assists with, at 9.8, which is second in the NBA, uh, 41% from the field he's shooting poorly this year from the not poorly he's shooting 30 percent. he's a career 35 percent. he's a volume shooter he's not really a um you know he's not really a, a i want to say accurate i'm a football player so accurate is the word i want to be or efficient if should use for hooper's term he's not an efficient player all the time he shoots up takes a lot of shots so you know some games you know you put up 15 threes and you only hit three of them and then you know what i'm saying the next time you put up 15 you might hit 15 so 
He's one of those streaky shooter guys, but um, he's a very good scorer of the basketball. Great facilitator of, of players. Um, kind of reminds me of a smaller version of James Harden. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So uh, this is just me. But again, I think he's a great player. I don't think Atlanta should trade him. I don't think he should go anywhere. The city of Atlanta loves him, and he um, has brought some um, some flair and, and 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 energy to the uh, Atlanta arena that we haven't seen in a long time since basically like it was uh, uh, Jeff Teague and, and, and Joe Johnson and all them cats in Atlanta and, and Al Horford. Um, that was probably the last time Atlanta was lit. So uh, I definitely think Trey Young is a is a big help to Atlanta, and I definitely think they should do all they can. To keep that man. Uh, those are some of my early little hot takes um, that happened. But like I said, uh, it's early in the season. Winning cures all. You can start winning, and all this could be forgiven and all could be forgotten. And everybody could be kumbaya. But right now, it's a little rocky. And you know, we're going to keep our ears to the street. And I'm going to keep y'all posted with all the best info. Uh, I'll keep y'all up to date on all the trade rumors. And um, teams just going through a little early season turmoil right now because their team ain't doing what was expected. But a team that is doing more than expected and continuing to put on that show. Goddamn Sacramento Kings, y'all. Light the friggin' beam. I know sometimes I cuss, sometimes I don't. I don't need to cuss every time. But light the freaking beam, Kings team. Um, impressive win last night. A dominating win. 14-point win over the Lakers. Obviously, the Lakers are whatever. They're going through their own shiznai. <laughs> so it is what it is. But again. When you're considered a good team, you handle weak teams. And the Kings being a good team in the West, one of the better teams in the West, you got to handle weak teams like the Lakers. And they go in, get it done. You have your whole starting five in double figures. Six players total in double figures. Four players score over 20. And to top it all off, one player with a triple-double. Um, it was beautiful on all ends, y'all. Uh, this is probably, first of all, I want to give a shout-out to Keegan Murray. I want to say this is probably the best game he's had as a rookie. Um, uh, had a high expectation coming out for him. He played really well in the summer league and, and in the Vegas league. He looked good in the preseason. Um, he missed some early season with COVID. Um, but this was a good game. This is what we expected of him. Um, he could have been a little bit more efficient, but I take it. Uh, six for 12 for the three-point line is really what stood out. 50% from the three-point line was a beautiful night shooting. It was a beautiful night shooting for the Kings as well from the three as a team. But um, got to give the rookie a shout-out for um, his coming-out party. He had probably one of his best games to date um, as a scoring, um, just playing active on and off with, with and without the ball. Uh, again, De'Aaron Fox, 22 and six points. Uh, he didn't hit no threes, but... It doesn't um, – it don't knock the uh, level of play he's played at, and people got to respect that three now because he's not afraid to shoot it, and it will drop, you know. So um, De'Aaron Fox. And then if DeMontes Abonis wasn't in the West, which he still got a chance, he would be the starting center for the Western All-Stars. The only problem with that is he play on the same thing with the Joker. That's the only reason why right now DeMontes Sabonis is not going to be the starting center in the West. This man has been playing. And, he's, and it wasn't like this last year a little bit. But, again, the Kings weren't good when they got him. <coughs> Excuse me. So what he was doing kind of <coughs> went unnoticed is what we'll say. But now Kings are winning. And DeMontes Sabonis cannot be slept on for the impact he's making or has made on this Kings roster. 
13 points, 21 rebounds, 12 assists, triple-double, and he can pass from the post. He can pass from up top. He's a small joker. It's you know not as not as a, not as dangerous as Joker is scoring the basketball, but a playmaker with the ball in his hands. He's a playmaker off the ball. He rebounds. He's not afraid to defend. He's not a great defender, but he tries. And again, he's an excellent rebounder. And again, the Kings are playing well, tremendously well. Bench plays well. Mike Brown, you are impressing me, sir. You've always been a great defensive coach. I'm always giving you that. Going back to Cleveland with Brown. My always was my knack on is that you never made adjustments offensively. But hey, you go sit on the Warriors team for umpteen years, and now you got some offensive credibility in your office, and it's showing, man. Your team is playing defense. They're efficient on offense. They're scoring. They got freaking Harrison Barnes looking good again. This is why Harrison Barnes first got moved from the jump and made that money in Dallas because of how he looked playing with other with players better than him. To make him be have a have a lesser role so he's so he can do more. You know, it's one of those things. I ain't calling these fools the Warriors. But again, they got they come from that claw. So that same type of style will get that third option or that fourth option. If you're a very good third or fourth option in an offense like this, you'll succeed. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely just want to give a shout out to the Kings. Uh <laughs> light the beam kings. I, I I gotta say it, man. They they definitely do it. It's a uh, it's a it's a great thing they have going. I think it motivates, like I said, I said it last week, I think it motivates the team, it motivates the city, the fans to see that purple beam shooting from wherever the hell it comes out of all the way up into the night sky. I think it's um, it's a beautiful thing. It's great. It's beautiful for the city of Sacramento, for the Kings and all the Kings fans up and down uh, California and across the world. It's, it's definitely uh, a sight to see for sure. And they're handling business out there um, in, the, uh, in the West, sitting at the 6th seed right now, 17 and 13. Impressive Kings, very impressive. Gotta clap it up for y'all. I got to clap it up for y'all. Y'all handling y'all business. Now, for that raw team, you feel me though. You feel me though. Let's talk about my nets, man. Let's talk about my nets. Uh big game against the Warriors. Obviously, no curry, no clay, just Dre Pool. They limped into the game and and goddamn it. My Nets, uh, this is what you got to do, bro. You're playing against a team that's wounded. You cannot give them hope. You cannot come in and let Jordan Poole go for 50 on it. You can't let Jordan Poole go out there and get 35, 40 points on us. We got to play our ass off. And um, it showed. It showed, obviously, no Kyrie for us. But when you can get uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys, eight, nine, nine players scoring double figures, y'all. We had nine players score literally 10 points or more. Beautiful. Led by Kevin Durant with 23-7-5. Um, ben Simmons, 10-4-8. Like, again, he's not taking a lot of shots, but the shots he takes are efficient. He's not afraid to take shots. You know what I'm saying? I'll take seven. I like him taking anywhere from seven to ten shots a game. That means he's not being scared to be aggressive. You know, you get fouled, you go to the free throw line. I was, unfortunately, he went 0 for 2, but you're only going to get better at the free throw line by going to that hole. And that's just my personal opinion. So he's got to stay aggressive. Um, we didn't have uh, Curry play well off the bench for us. Gave us 12 off the bench. TJ Warren has been beautiful for us off the bench. He's about been 12, 12 to 15 points off the bench since he got back. It's beautiful for us. And um, I think it helps us out. He's going to help us out tremendously on both sides of the floor. Again, we're still very small, but we're playing against the Warriors. These motherfuckers might be smaller than us. So it was an even battle. 
we might have actually out rebound them. Um, so you know that's a surprise. Uh, but my Nets though, um, just in all in a, in a hole right now. Shout out to Coach Jock Vaughn. Let me sip a little bit more of me. And I said me because I'm sipping hot chocolate. <laughs> yeah, I'm hot chocolate. No, but um, shout out to Coach Jock Vaughn. Seven game win streak right now, y'all. We twenty and twelve, sitting beautifully at the fourth seed in the West. Like I said, seven game win streak. Beautiful. Um, KD's playing well. Kyrie's playing well. We we're we're healthy. Everybody's here. Well, not right now. Kyrie's missing. Gonna miss the next three games. But uh, before that, Kyrie's been healthy. KD, Ben, um, our bench players, Watanabe, Royce O'Neal, TJ Warren's here now. Like Morris Twin, uh, we're using our depth, and it's it's just showing, and it's it's a beautiful thing to see. And we putting in work. We put up ninety one points in the first half. Um, third highest points in a half. I, I want to say in NBA history or in Nets history. I'm not sure, so don't quote me on that. But that was the thing. I, that was definitely one of the stat lines I did see, that uh, 91 points and a half was either third most in NBA history or Nets history. Either way it go, uh, we made some history. Uh, I like what we're doing. I think Jock Vaughn might have played himself into a coaching head job. And, again, this ain't his first rodeo. He was the head coach of the Magics a few few years back. He's been on a lot of rosters. He's got a lot of coaching experience. And he's the next player for y'all that don't know. But – um, he's doing great. Like I said, bro, for people who get to watch our games, bro, we run plays, bro. We run plays. I don't know if y'all watched the Kings. I'm not the Kings. I'm talking about the Kings. Today. I'm doing anything. I don't know if y'all got to watch the Nets since Nash has been our coach and since Kevin and, and Katie and Kyrie or were here. Bro, we literally ran ISO, pick and roll, every freaking play. I'm talking every play, up and down. ISO, ISO, pick and roll, ISO, pick and roll. No plays are being ran, bro. And to see us running plays and Kyrie running through and underneath people catching balls off screen and running around like crazy, KD gets to walk down to the post and get in a comfortable spot, and Ben can just walk over to him, drop it down there, set him up on a post play, and then cut back door off of the pass like a give and go. It was just – it's beautiful to watch. As a fan, Um, I, I you know, it, it's good to see us running plays, bro. I know – a lot of teams don't run plays, but bro, you, you need some plays. Obviously, we got KD and Kyrie, so sometimes some hero ball is necessary. But you got to run plays. You got to get the other guys open to get the other guys going so that our players can be more efficient. Because once the bench and the role players are making shots, there ain't even got to be a lot of shots. But the shots that they're taking, they're making, it puts pressure on the on the, on the opposition to stay focused on their man, but thus lets KD and Kyrie do what they do best. And that's really good for the buckets. So um, shout out to Coach Vaughn. For figuring out something and shout out to the Nets for believing in them because they didn't have to. Literally, we could have folded this thing up and packed it up, and we could have been talking about trading Kevin Durant come January. Because, like, remember, I told you on offseason it wasn't off the table. But if we're going to play like this, and again, don't forget, he won in Nash gone anyway. So, we're going to continue to play like this. We don't got to worry about KD going nowhere. We might mess around and re sign Kyrie back to this thing and, and, and get this shit going. But I do like the way we're playing. Like I said, man, we, we hold the seven game win streak right now. Uh, fourth in the East behind uh, Milwaukee, Boston, and Cleveland, who are truly the three best teams in the East. Um, watching them boys play, Boston is um, on, a, on a little three-game losing streak right now, but that don't stop nothing. Them, them boys is cold over there in, in Beantown. But uh, we're going to flip over from my uh, Nets, and we got to talk about the lesser um, other team that was on the on the other end of this route. 
and another team that I talk about on this podcast. And that's the Golden State Warriors, or I like to say Dub Nation, Oakland Warriors. But um, it was, it was, it, it's, uh, and again, last week I, I said I wasn't panicking, but I, I definitely think I want to, I want to get nervous now. I think this could get, uh, this could get ugly. I'm not sure the Warriors will make the playoffs this year. It's early. It's really, really early. But they don't have a timetable on when Curry will get back. The Warriors are, well, this was this was four days ago. Four days ago, y'all played, what, three games since then? Two or three games since then. The Warriors were 22 and 66 when Curry don't play. So we know what we're going to expect. Obviously, and with Clay not playing every game, Dre is, you know what I'm saying, not going to be able to play in every game. Your best player, Andrew Wiggins, is not going to play in every game. This is going to be hard to, 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 to muster up and pull together. Lost a lot of staff also. Um, a lot of people are going to say Mike Brown had a lot to do with the Warriors' defense, which I'll say he did, and I thought so when he first got there, that um, he had a lot to do with the defense. And you see him leaving now, and you notice that the Warriors' defense, for sure, is the first thing that stands out that they are lacking is team defense and effort on defense man. Wiseman is a shell of himself. They had to send him back to the G League because he still ain't performing well. Um, and that could be for two reasons why you send Wiseman back to the G League. You either send him back because, one, um, he's, not, uh, he's not ready to play meaningful minutes and where the Warriors' record is and where they sit, every game is meaningful because they still want to make the playoffs. You can't uh, win a championship and not make the playoffs. It just doesn't sit right. Who are, who are they? Who are, who, are they? who are they? L.A. Rams? Like, nah, that's out. <laughs> so I think they don't want to play him in, a, uh, in these meaningful games because he's not ready. So you send him to the G League where he can go ahead and play 25, 30 minutes a game and nobody care about the outcome. Where if you tried to play him 25, 30 minutes a game for the Warriors, he'd be a liability on the court. So you have to... This is the way that they have to do it. Go to the G League, get your reps up, get your body right, get your mental right, get confident before we can put you back out here to help us. Because right now, if y'all watch when James Wyman plays, yeah, like one or two good games, but he's been more of, of, a, uh, of a problem and hurting the Warriors on the court than he has helping them. And that's been a problem. And it all starts with injury and being healthy. Um, I do want to give uh, Moses Moody some love, though. I think he's made a tremendous jump. He's played the least out of all of them um, over the past couple of years, but he's looked really good this year. In the moments he played, um, he had 17 last night. He was actually efficient, um, 7-4-11, 3-5 from the field. Um, Jordan Poole was terrible, only 13 points on 17 shots. Um, oh, see, that lets you know that I didn't even watch this game. They brought James Wiseman back up. I didn't watch the, I didn't actually watch this game, respectfully, because no Curry. I just didn't even tune in. I, respectfully, I knew we were going to win. They had no Curry, no Clay, no Wiggins. Respectfully, I knew we were gonna win. Didn't even know why they played and why they bought out. 30 and 6, 12 for 14. That's what they're gonna need from him. But they're gonna need that when Curry's come back, when Clay's on the court, when Poole is here. And if he can give, and obviously he don't gotta give 30 and 6, but if he can go out there and give what DeAndre Aiden given, 17 and 9, for being their fourth, third, fourth option, I think he'll help the Warriors out tremendously. Um, it's good to see that he did go off, though. But, uh, again, bro, they're a smaller team than us, so they didn't kill us on the boards. They couldn't power us in the paint. So this is a team that we match up well against because they're small like us. So I, I'm st I still like my Nets, but we're still small. 
Um, but we've been playing so much better offensively and defensively that uh, we haven't been giving a lot of teams a lot of points in the paint. So we've been just denying the paint as a whole. Some dudes are, are anomalies. You can't stop everybody. But we played much better defense in the paint um, and protecting the rim and um, stopping trying to give away second-chance points, a lot of more boxing out, a lot of more effort on the rebounds. Um, I think that's what helps, like effort, dog. You know what I'm saying? I, it's it's a bad thing when KD leads us in rebounding. I always say that. I hate that. You know what I'm saying? Even like because next class is so small, but it's uh it's one of the things we deal with. But I'm definitely um I'm definitely a little nervous for the Warriors. I'm not sure. I don't think they haven't put a timetable on how long Curry gonna be out for. But I I'll say this that man if he's out. So mid-January, maybe, then y'all might need to pack it up. Warriors might need to pack it up and call it a season because you're not going to have Clay every game. Clay don't play in back-to-backs. Wiggins, I don't know why they just start doing that where he's now missing games. So it's just, uh, I don't think they're going to have enough firepower, but here is, here's one of those sick things that, that could happen with the Warriors again. They could miss this season because Clay injuries, because Wiseman, because Curry, they still got their picks, y'all. They fuck around and get back in this top 10, top five, and get them some more top caliber players like a Moody and a Kaminga and a Wiseman and a Poole again. And now all of a sudden they this much deeper. Now you mess around and trade some of these dudes and get you some, some better firepower. But I definitely think um, um, the Warriors got a lot to think about over this next month if Curry out for a month. Like, they got a lot to think about, a lot to, to focus on this season. You might kind of just want to put Clay on the shelf, let him play sparingly, put Dre on the shelf, let him play sparingly, and let all them youngsters just run it up the rest of the year. If they win, it's good. If they don't, it's good because you get a great draft pick, be in the lottery, and you continue to rebuild this team because Clay, Curry, and Dre aren't getting any younger. So, And the injuries are only going to come more and more. They all got injury history. So. Why not get ready to start investing in the future? You just want another ring. Obviously, I'm not saying pack it up for life. Start all the way over. But this season could be a wash when Clay not going to play, Curry not going to play, and Wiggins not going to play. I don't care how good Poole and Dre play. It's going to be hard for them. And they still not that cool, bro. Like, respectful. Like, you're not going to do what you did to me and think it's going to be peachy creamy. And now I, I got to depend on you. Yeah, nah, I just think it's going to kind of. Cause a little clash and clash, and I think that's what was leading to the Warriors demise right now. But again, it's still early. If Curry can come back soon, Clay, Wiggins, they all can get back before All Star break, or at least before February. Then you know maybe Warriors can win fifteen in a row, sixteen in a row. Like it's not impossible. They dub nation, they're the defending champs. But right now, with the way this roster is currently set up, with with your best players missing two to three games per, with a game or two per week, or two to three games per two weeks, I, it's going to be hard for them to to uh, recover from this. So it's just my it's just my early take on the on the Warriors. But um, again, man, I would love for them to prove me wrong because if I can have a season where the Nets, the Kings, and the Warriors all make the playoffs, hey, what a time to be alive, man. What a time to be on this podcast. But that's all I got for y'all on this hoop. Um, again, I... Uh, a uh, shout out to to my my Nets. We look good. We sitting like I said, sitting sitting pretty at fourth in the East. Got the Kings at six. Warriors and fell a spot at eleven. And um, 
still not too far to play in. The teams in the play-ins is Timberwolves and the Mavericks, and they 16 and 16, both uh, respectively. So, again, Warriors still ain't out of out of anything. They make the play-in, <laughs> anything goes. So, uh, it's, it's just the way you see approach, man. And um, we'll, I'm gonna keep y'all posted with the with the updates weekly with the Trey Young drama, the Demar Derozan, Zach Levine mess, and of course with the DeAndre Aiden and Monty Williams um, back and forth. I'm going to keep y'all updated. But y'all know we finna get ready to switch over to NFL. Talk about my Titans just trying not to make the playoffs and a bunch of sad news to come out of Titans camp. Um, talk about a, a, a big, crazy win for the Raiders. And, man, we'll talk about the Niners doing what they do best, dog. Uh, y'all already know. Stay tuned. It's the Bring the World podcast. We'll be right back after these messages. Peace. And y'all know what it is. We back like we never left. I keep saying we because y'all know. Gang always with me. But I'm back. We switching it over, man. We talking NFL. We got a lot to get into when he comes to this NFL talk today, y'all. It's going to be some highs. It's going to be some lows. But what we going to do is we going to go. Whether it's high or it's low, we going to go. I'm trying to figure out where should I start. Who do I start with? We'll start with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts likely out versus the Cowboys uh, on Crema Eve. Um, it's still no guarantee. Garner Minshew has been taking rips with the ones. Jalen Hurts says he's been able to throw this week, so he's did a little throwing. I feel like it'll be a game time decision. I definitely think they could go with Garner Minshew and not risk it. Like it's not a super big game, but I know they kind of want to beat Dallas just because the little shit that Michael Parsons said about Jalen Hurts about it being the um, system and not the quarterback, and then it would be crazy. And again, I think Eagles will win with Garner Minshew, and then unfortunately that would kind of be. Towards Michael Parsons' point, but I don't think it's that all the way. Like, I do think he has great talent around him. Uh, obviously, a great coach in Nick Sirianni, a great defense. But like I said, bro, you can't just stick anybody in there and win a championship. You know what I'm saying? You can stick some average. And Garner Minshew, for the record, isn't trash. Garner Minshew ain't trash. He's probably one of the better backups to have as, as your quarterback. Don't forget, he started as an undrafted rookie. For the Jags for a whole season and did all right. It's the reason why he's still in the league now. But he's not terrible. And the, the way the Dallas Cowboys defense has been playing, um, I don't think you need a superstar quarterback to beat them. Obviously, the quarterback run will be taken away from the game because that's what Jalen Hurts brings to the table that Garner Minshew won't is the quarterback run. But to me, when you watch the Cowboys defense play, if Trayvon Diggs or Micah Parsons aren't in aren't playing lights out, the defense usually looks bad. It's just, I call it how I see it. Go back and look at the games they win, look at the games they lose. Most of the games they win, Micah's going to make a play on defense or Trayvon Diggs going to make a play on defense. It happens every time. When they lose, those dudes don't make plays. Teams move up and down the field, and they lose. No matter how much they score, because they can't stop nobody, no matter how much Dak puts up. But um, I think it should be a good game. Uh, obviously, you still get the Cowboys a chance because Minshew is still a backup for a reason. But I think with the run game, with the weapons, with the play calling, with the quick throws, they can still win this game. And with a dominating defense and Dak being a little turnover happy right now, or a lot of turnover happy right now, I think the Eagles still got a high, high chance um, to pulling this out. Definitely uh, to pulling out a, a win over the weekend. Um, guess I'm going to get the sad news out the way, too. Um, Former NFL running back Ronnie Hillman, uh, the Denver Broncos Super Bowl champion Ronnie Hillman, I left a suspect on his name, 
Um, his family just announced this morning um, the running back died oh, on Wednesday from a rare form of cancer. He was only 31 years old. Like I said, he was a running back uh, on that paid man that's led Broncos team that won a Super Bowl back in the day. Um, he's a nice little player. Uh, obviously, sad to see somebody go so early, so young, 31 years old. Like, bro, I'm 32. So it's just, what year are we in? 2022? Yeah, I'm 32. So it's just, you know, it's crazy to see some, you know, and it's not the first. It won't be the last, but it's just, it sucks. So, man, blessings out to the Hillman family. Um, if you got children, you know, moms, dads, brothers, sisters, man, just blessings to all of them, man. You know, God's got y'all in a time where, you know, he's got a, where y'all lost one. And um, even a bigger loss, I ain't going to say a bigger loss, because no loss is bigger than other death is death, but a big loss in the NFL community. And it's just a crazy way it happens. Um, Frank O'Hare, y'all know, uh, Frank O'Harris, longtime Steelers legend. Where do I start? Uh basically put the Steelers on the map like everybody known the Steelers for the defense the steel curtain but they wouldn't have had none of that without Franco they didn't have no rings before Franco they got their first ring with Franco Franco won Franco was the first non-quarterback to win a Super Bowl MVP he's a four-time champion nine-time pro bowler seven-time all-pro he was the 13th pick in the draft out of Penn State uh, I don't remember exactly what year that was but again, he died at 72 years old. And it's it's crazy how how the world works, how the atmosphere just just does crazy things. And you gotta think, bro, we coming up on the 50-year anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, which is his catch. You know what I'm saying? And for y'all who don't know, the Immaculate Reception is just a catch that Franco Harris made back in the day that won them a, a big time playoff game against the Raiders and got up to a Super Bowl. And um you know, it was a controversial catch, and it kind of put him on the map. And um, they were, you know, they got the Raiders and the Steelers playing this weekend on Saturday in honor of the catch. Um, Franco Harris is getting his a football life drop tomorrow um, on the on the on the story and life of Franco Harris on NFL Network. So it's just crazy. Like you got all these uh, accolades, and um, you know how they say give give people flowers before they go, and it's like, but you were literally getting your flowers, about to get them, and now you know you're gone before you could. Even though he got a little bit of love because he was getting love all week and all last week because everybody knew it was coming. They was bigging it up, but it's just crazy for, like, we literally days, hours away from the 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 the, the, the speech, the, the immaculate catch, the, the game, Raiders and Steelers, and for this man to die, it was, it was crazy, you know what I'm saying? And um, he'll definitely be revered and, and missed by many. And again, like this weekend, crazily was like not just about him, but it's the, the immaculate reception is him. It is him. It is what embodies him. And um, he will he will truly be missed. Um, like I said, a legend in the game, in, inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1990. So like you know, what I'm saying everything I know about this man is research that I've done over time. I didn't get to see this man play. You know, what I'm saying I well I watched old games, but no live stuff. But again, he seemed like a tremendous player. Strong runner of the football, physical guy. And again, he's the reason why the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't who they are. He was the catalyst for Steel Curtain, even though he played offense. He brought that physicalness that just translated over to the defense. And you can, when you see the football life, you'll see me and Joe Green and Lynn Swan and all these guys that play with him. They all say the same thing. Terry Bradshaw had an interview years back where he said that. Like people thought it was, you know, me, because I was Terry Bradshaw and I was the face. He was like, but Franco was the heart and soul of the offense. And um Again, bro, great one, Hall of Famer, a legend, all-time champion. 
Again, first ever non-quarterback Super Bowl MVP. And um, you're going to be missed, right? Um, many blessings. I hope your family and all your loved ones get to enjoy um, the memorial and all the love that you're about to receive, that you were and is still about to receive over this weekend. Again, blessings out to the Franco Harris family, his kids, wives, anybody who loved them, and to the Stiller fans out there, you know, you know lost one, but he's a great. Shout out. Um, a little bit more on a lighter note, Chase Young, who ain't played in literally a full calendar year, is expected to return on Sunday versus the Niners. And man, last time he played the Niners, he went off. But again, this is a totally different Niners team than the last time Chase Young seen him. And he's, uh, like you said, he ain't played in the year. I'm expecting tremendous rest um, from this man. Uh, but again, it's just good to see him out there, bro. A total tore up knee, ACL, MCL, all that good stuff. And see a year later that he's about to step on the field and be able to um, play the game he loves so much is truly a, an honor. And um, I hope he stay healthy and, you know what I'm saying, get back to dominating, bro. Because the Washington defense is still playing good, bro. I think, bro. They doing all this without him. He's by far their best player. Come on, y'all. It's, it's, it's going to be greasy when that boy get back. But um, another thing I want to talk about is uh, I gotta talk about A Rod. A Rod, Aaron Rodgers is a is a character in himself, and everything he does. And I didn't always know this, but I feel like now, just going back as far as I can, everything that Aaron Rodgers says and does is pre-calculated, and he does this stuff purposely, and he does not care. So I told you I love sports. I'm all I'm into sports. I'm always on different platforms. I'm always looking for something. Aaron Rodgers was on um, this podcast, not podcast, YouTube, whatever it's called. It's called How Hungry Are You? It's a, a cooking sports podcast with Serge Ibaka. Um, obviously, I'm talking hoop and I shouldn't be, but basketball player for the Milwaukee Bucks. He played forward. He has a show where people come on, they cook, and they chop it up. He had Aaron Rodgers on. To make a long story short, two questions he asked Aaron Rodgers, and I, I just like, you know, it's a typical Aaron Rodgers thing. He asked Aaron Rodgers, do he feel like he was the greatest Packer quarterback of all? And Aaron Rodgers undoubtedly said, yes, I'm the greatest Packer quarterback ever. That's one. Obviously, I got some Packer friends who are going to hear this. So I, I want to hear y'all takes when I talk to y'all on how you feel about Aaron Rodgers saying he's the best, the greatest Packer quarterback ever. And two, Serge Ibaka, you know, he, somebody's going to be petty with A-Rod because they like to get a kick out of him. He asked A-Rod, if you couldn't, if you don't play for the Packers next season, what's a team that you would love to play for? And I quote, his exact words were, I would love to play for the Toronto Argonauts of the CFL. You know, Serge Ibaka laugh it off. And then Serge pokes at him a little more to get a real answer. This man's answer in exact words, and I quote, he's like, nah, I'm all serious, no. Unjokingly, I'd love to play for the Oakland Raiders. Yes, I said it right, Oakland Raiders. He did not say Vegas Raiders. Exact word was Oakland Raiders. Knowing they're not in Oakland no more, but again, Y'all hear what's going on? A Rod just throwing out that throwing out that rock to let y'all know, like, hey, I'll go back. I'll go play with Tay again. Come get me. I'll go. And um, you know, it, it was all funny games. He laughed it off. But if you know A Rod, you know A Rod. Remember, I wasn't joking. He was dead ass, and he letting them know, like, hey, if y'all don't want me here, if y'all want to go with Jordan Love, trade me to Oakland. Trade me to Oakland, and and I'll show you what it do after two. <laughs> But no, man, I thought that was funny. A Rod's hilarious, bro. He's a he's a uh, he's a funny guy. He's very calculated in the things he says, and um, I just think he's real slick. And um, 
<laughs> Raider fans, stay alert, bro, because y'all might mess around and get a rod. But uh, that was that's that's most of my um my little fun takes. Um, we're gonna talk about pro bowlers. I'm gonna talk about pro bowlers for the for our squads. Um, for the Raiders, you got Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Max Crosby. Shout out to them three boys. Um, obviously, I probably have an alternate. They said they're gonna have alternates, but they ain't named them yet. But those three dudes actually made the Pro Bowl outright. Max Crosby, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs. Congratulations to those three gentlemen for making the Pro Bowl. Uh, as far as my Titans, we also got three players named to the Pro Bowl as starters and four other shows in this alternates. They haven't really revealed the alternates yet, but the three starters, Derrick Henry, uh, Jeffrey Simmons, and <laughs> our long snapper because <laughs> he do so much punting. <laughs> and we kick so many field goals. So our long snapper, Morgan Cox, is also named to a Pro Bowl. Um, the Niners, uh, let me make sure I get it right. George Kittle, Trent Williams, uh, Joey Bosa. I mean, Nick Bosa, my apologies. Nicky Bosa, uh, Fred, uh, Hafunga, Juszczyk. Am I missing somebody, y'all? Am I bad if I'm missing somebody? But I know all five of them boys, uh, for sure, are starters in the Pro Bowl. Juszczyk, Fred Warner, Bosa. Um, who else did I name? Use checking Kittle, Afanga. Them them dudes is there. Uh, I know McCaffrey could be an alternate. I thought I thought Dre Greenlaw should have made the Pro Bowl. I'll have to go look at everybody's stats just to see. But maybe uh maybe maybe some dudes might have played their asses off at the outside linebacker position. But you know sometimes outside linebacker and the pass rushers they they kind of be putting them together as outside linebackers. So if somebody with some sacks. You feel me? Who playing the 3-4 get considered an outside linebacker, they could get in over him. So it's one of those type of things. But I definitely thought Drake Greenlaw bought out. But shout out to uh, all those players making the Pro Bowl for our squadrons, man. Um, you know, big year um, for our teams doing their thing, trying to make uh, – Raiders trying to make a last-minute push for the playoffs. Niners already secured and ready ready for the next one. And um, my Titans is um, – my Titans is struggling, y'all. We are We are literally limping. And I'm talking limping into the playoffs. And now I put a question mark in front of limping into the playoff question mark because with our beautiful four-game losing streak that we're on, now losing Ryan Tannehill for the year, also losing Dylan Reddits for the year, one of our – he ain't even a starting lineman, but he was starting because two other linemen was out, so he had to play. But he was our second-round pick, and he's trash. Now he's out for the year. Trash. Um, but like I said, Tannehill done for the year. I thought he, I he he. I give him his respect. He's a warrior. I don't even know how he kept coming back and playing on that ankle. I don't know if y'all got to see how many times that same ankle got like. I don't know if it snapped, popped, or just kept twisting like lightweight off the hinge a little bit. But he kept retaming it, coming out playing. But he was more becoming the burden after a while. I think he felt that he might have threw his he might have threw his last pass and played his last game. I ain't gonna say threw his last. Eh, <laughs> yeah, we done for the year. We not making no goddamn true bowl run. So. He definitely probably threw his last pass and uh, played his last game as a Titan. But, um, bro, we we got to do better, dog. We played the Chargers, and it was it was it was sad, bro. Again, Tannehill, we can't we don't have any receivers. So, bam, that's for starters. Only one we got is out. He been out all basically a year. He only played three, four games at a time before he get hurt. Traylon burst. Hopefully he get healthy, come recover from the concussion. Again, Robert Woods not threatening nobody deep. 
Westbrook and Keenan not threatening nobody deep. You know what I'm saying? Austin Hooper ain't stretching the field down the middle of the field like a, like an elite tight end. He's more of a crossing route tight end, corner route tight end type of guy, a little button hook. And it's 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 getting rough. Again, Derrick Henry is still the focal point of the offense. He had over 100 yards in the touchdown. But, again, bro, we can't throw the ball. Teams will just start stacking the box. And they'll say, hey, look, we're going to go man, single high. And you're going to have to throw a perfect pass to one of these receivers who aren't going to be open. And I think that's the hard part. It's like, even if the receiver's open, it's a small window, and Tannehill can't make that throw, which is respect. But, again, bro, that's having, not having any receivers who can create separation. We in a serious hole. Tannehill was 15 for 22, 165 yards, no touchdowns, one pick was sacked all times. Malik came in after the injury, and he threw uh, three passes. Four passes completed three of them. Um, what I really want to get into is now we finna play Malik Willis for the last, what, four games? We'll be in week, gonna be week 16, so 16, 17, 18, yeah, the last four, three weeks. Three or four weeks, because I'm not sure exactly what week we in. For the last three or four weeks, he's finna have Malik Willis. This could go two ways. Malik Willis could play, and this is kind of what I hope. He could play extremely well, keep us in the playoffs. We go out in the first round, and he looks like something we can build off of, and we go build around Malik Willis, and we move forward. Worst case scenario is we play Malik Willis. We don't win another game. And we lose and miss the playoffs. And then we end up drafting a quarterback because we don't think Malik Willis is it. That could be a problem. That that would suck. That would be a waste of a third-round pick on a quarterback. We could have took a skilled player or something we need, like another offensive lineman, <coughs> another wide receiver, because it was still offensive lineman and wide receiver in the draft in the third round last year. So, like, you know, I definitely think it's a we got to Malik get a chance to see. He's going to get a chance to get all the first-team reps. He don't got to worry about Tannehill coming back healthy take his job for these last four games. And Malik, you gotta prove us that you um that you can be a starting quarterback. He had some decent moments, but he ain't he ain't showed me nothing yet that shows he can be a starter, but he ain't had that opportunity. So I'm not jumping the gun and again he's a third round pick. So again, I'm not expecting him to be anything out of the ordinary, bro. But we still gotta see that you can play quarterback in the NFL. That you can read coverages, that you can make checks, that you can go out and call plays. Like you have to do these the little nuances. Because we seven and seven right now. We're on a four-game losing streak. And the Colts and the Jags both still have a chance to make the playoffs because we ain't doing our job. So it's 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 real tight. And um, bro, we gotta get it done. Again, bro, when our leading receiver is Derrick Henry with four catches and 59 yards. It's a problem, bro. And then our our backup tight end, not even our starting tight end, our backup tight end is the second leader in receiving. We gotta we gotta do something about that. We have to. We have to figure out a way to stress the field. Hell, we might need to go get Odell or Ty Will Fuller. We need a deep threat, bro. We need one. We need one back. We, we can't we we can't stress the defense. We don't push coverage, so they stack the box. And Derrick Henry still had a hundred yards. He still had five a carry. But every blue moon on first down, they stack the box, shoot the gap, and now it's second and 12. Now we're playing behind the sticks, and that's where we lose games at. So we got we to gotta figure this out. Again, Malik Willis, good luck to you. We got a trash-ass offensive coordinator, so you're going to definitely be handed a little bit. But, again, dog, great players do great things regardless. So ball in your court, and I'm done talking about the Titans. On to the Raiders, who had a um, 
who was gifted a win. They was gifted a win that they desperately needed. Ain't saying that they wouldn't have won that game in overtime, but the game never made it to overtime because Patriots gave them a gift and started lateraling the ball on a tie game. It was crazy. I'm not even sure they knew what they were doing until it was over. And I want to elaborate on this because I know a lot of people was like, I don't know who you, I don't know who you blame that on. Me personally, I don't blame that on coaching because no coach calls for laterals. It's something you just do. No coach says, hey, we're going to ladder the ball. Maybe a hook at ladders of play, but nobody at the end of the game says, hey, laterally. Just ladder it every time. Especially in the tie game, we're talking Belichick. He not and that's why they ran a draw. They ran a draw to just run the ball to get to overtime. I don't know what happened, but I think when Ramondre Stevenson noticed he was um in the open field and he broke for more than like four yards, he ended up breaking for like 15 yards. I think when he seen got 15 yards on the field, he realized, like, oh, shit, this happening. We might need to try to get this. And his instinct was to just throw the ball. Now, the problem is, after he threw the ball to Jacoby Myers, Jacoby Myers should have been the adult in the room and been like, bruh, that wasn't good. We're tied. We need to get to overtime. And he should have just fell on the ground. Fall on the ground, cover the ball, go to overtime. But no, he tries to shake. Then get grabbed and was like, ah, I got to throw this to keep this ball alive. Then he throws a floater 20 yards backwards and didn't even make it to Mac Jones. It was short about three yards. Chandler Jones intercepts it, and the meme is history. And Mac Jones will forever be a stiff arm meme in the NFL world. But Josh Jacobs, 22 carries, 93 yards. Derek Carr, uh, 231 yards, three touchdowns, only one interception. Um, Devontae Adams didn't go off, but threw the ball to him nine times, which led the team in targets. Um, and I think that's what it, Darren Waller had a touchdown. He killed me because I had him in fantasy all year, so I don't really care about Darren Waller. None of these. that This helps nobody because your team missed the playoffs because you was out too. <laughs> and bad coaching and no win throw. And now everybody wants to come back when the season could potentially be over for them and they could around and miss the playoffs by a game or two games because the damn whole offense was out. But good win for the Raiders. A terrible meltdown for the Patriots. And um, I digress, bro. I freaking digress. But we'll go um, finish off with the Niner game. They played on Thursday. And um, just respectably, bro, Brock, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. I'm not calling him Glock Purdy. Uh, Big Che, I ain't in, I'm not investing in, in Glock Purdy. I'll say a, a Purdy party or he's playing Purdy nice. Like, that's about he got for me right now. But... I'm, uh, I will say he's playing extremely well. And like I always like to say, bro, he started four years in college. Four years as a starter. He's seen a lot of football. He's seen a lot of coverages. He's seen a lot of things. So that's why he kind of looks calm back there. When you see him play a lot of football, bro, it's a lot of, that don't shake you. And um, he's showing that. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey is going to be a boy boy. Um, it's crazy to Jordan Mason, 16 yards of carry, 64 yards. He's a he's a nice running back, a nice thumper to help out the offense. And then even with no Debo, no problem. George Kittle had 94 yards, two touchdowns. Jawan Jennings, McCaffrey, you know the crew. They just make it work. And then defense is a uh, lights out. And when I and, and when I say the defense is lights out, let me give y'all a little a little needle a needle a needle stat for the Niners. Um, they've gone seven consecutive games allowing 17 points or fewer. It's the first time the Niners done that since 1980, 
And that was the last time the Niners won a Super Bowl. 84 and 81 was the last time they went on. Well, they was eight-game win streaks. This, the one that I was on right now is seven. So one more win, they had tied the 81 and 84 Niners team that both went on to win Super Bowls, who also had number one defense in the NFL at that time. So, you know, uh, obviously, I'm, I don't – the writing's on the wall. You still got to go out and play football. You still got to go out and get it done. And again, bro, they're playing with a rookie quarterback. The, the last pick in the draft. So it's still going to be an uphill battle. It ain't a, it ain't a steep hill, though. It ain't a steep hill, but it's still uphill nevertheless, which makes it a little hard. But, again, when you got a, 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 a nasty defense like they got, you got Christian McCaffrey running the ball well, going to get a healthy Debo, Kittle, IU, check, Jawan Jennings, Trent Williams, the whole game, man. And, um, and Nicky Bosa playing like, like, like a defensive player of the year. It's just it's just hard to say that they um that they won't be uh in the NFC Championship at the end. You know, don't know who they're gonna play against, but it's just hard to, to to root against those Niners right now with the way that defense is playing and the way the offense plays efficiently without Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance. You know what I'm saying? Like this is literally the third string quarterback, bro. Like, so it's 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 a it's a, a miracle. Not a miracle, but it's amazing to watch. And it's Shanahan is showing his coaching prowess, which was missing earlier in the year. And it's coming back around. And it's like, bro, this is what you have to do. And then sometimes it's like um, maybe sometimes players just put themselves in uh, worse situations because of how good they feel like they are. But before I get done talking about the Niners, I'll play devil's advocate to my Niner fans out there who are so in love with Brock Purdy right now. I just want y'all to know. As somebody watching from the outside and watching how y'all, and I say y'all as Niner fans, you take it how you want. Y'all going to start your own quarterback controversy the more Purdy wins. I just want y'all to know that. Y'all going to start this. It was the same shit with Jimmy, and it's going to rear its head with Purdy. Purdy take y'all to the – if Purdy wins a playoff game, let alone two of them, watch what y'all do. Watch what y'all do. And I, I, I mark my words, bro. Like, this is how y'all operate. Just, you know what I'm saying? If Purdy go out here, he, if Purdy go the rest of the pre, rest of the regular season without losing the game, that's already going to be, that's already going to be uh, uh, the first, that's going to be the first stake in the, in the, in the Purdy claim. He finished out this season and don't lose a game. That'll be what? Seven games? Six games? You know what I'm saying? Five and oh, six and oh as a starter. Undrafted, not undrafted, but the last pick in the draft, seven round pick rookie. You go out there and you win all your last six games you start. Then go out there and win two playoff games. Say they lose the NFC Championship. But he go eight and one, nine and one, lose the NFC Championship game. I'm going to tell y'all this. Trey Lance going to have eight weeks to get it right before y'all be benching his ass putting Purdy in the game next season. Sound crazy? But this is what this is how the game go, bro. Slow feet don't eat. And right now, Trey Lance got the slowest feet in the locker room. Purdy's playing better than him. <laughs> and I only reason why they're playing better is because he's not playing. But out of sight, out of mind, bro. And whether you like it or not, bro, don't let God forbid. I ain't going to say God forbid, but don't let God give y'all a blessing y'all win the bowl with Purdy. I promise you, boo-boo. <laughs> I promise you, boo-boo, that y'all is going gonna to have the most split Niners kingdom pandemonium pandemonium on earth. And I'm seeing the writing on the wall right now, bro. I see you ready to buy Brock Purdy jerseys and ain't got a Trey Lance jersey. You know what I'm saying? But again, I'm just letting y'all know what's to come. 
it could be a, it's a good problem to have. The only reason why that problem is bad is because what you spent on Trey Lance. That would make this on that would make the only situation bad. That's the only way the situation would be bad. Is if you end up rolling with Purdy and losing Lance, even if Purdy's better, it's what you spent on Trey Lance. And I think that's gonna be y'all hindering. That's why y'all gonna want to play him next season. Even if Purdy win the ball, they're gonna let Trey Lance start because what they spent on him. And then he could be trashed the first eight, seven weeks. They're gonna steal him because what they spent on him. And the whole time we just watched Purdy run it up. So it's like it's it's fascinating for me to watch. As a sports fan, I love competition. I love drama. It it, it helps me have conversations like this with y'all. So it makes for a better better podcast. And I think that's my biggest take right now, heading towards the end of the season and heading towards playoffs. How well is Brock Purdy playing and how much pressure does this put on Trey Lance to not only get healthy, but be successful as soon as he stepped on the field next year. As soon as Brock Purdy stepped on the field this year, he was successful. Trey Lance, he lost his first game. He stepped on the field. Purdy won his first game. I'm putting that stake in there. It's gonna be, it's gonna be an interesting season, bro. And I can't wait to see what side of the fence Niner fans be on again. It's a good problem to have, but a problem nevertheless. And I'm gonna leave that right there on that, and I'm gonna let y'all sit on that. <laughs> but um, I'm gonna go through my players of the week real quick. And then I'm going to get into the Thursday night game, and I'm going to get out y'all here, man. I'm going to get ready to enjoy my day. But first, I got to give a shout-out. First person I'm giving a shout-out to, um, player of the week. Finally had his big rookie game, rookie breakout game. Pick five in the draft. Kayvon Thibodeau, big tips. 12 tackles, nine solo, three tackles for a loss, one sack, forced fumble, recovery, touchdown. Um, He played a, a big part in the Giants game. He's Catalyst to helping him win. He caused uh, uh, mayhem all day in that backfield, whether he was making tackles for loss, hurrying the quarterback, pressuring Heineke. It was, it was, it was a nice, it was nice to see Thibodeau starting to look like a, a first round draft pick. And this again, every time I talk about a rookie in this draft class, I just like to say the whole draft class in the whole is playing extremely well. Obviously, it's a few players who aren't, but as far as this first round go, 32 teams, at least 25 of these rookies is balling. Out of 32, so it's a good number. It's a pretty good draft. Um, my next person or persons, and I, I had to do it like this because I'm I'm a give. I gotta give like four players on the offense credit. I'm going with the Vikings, and I'm breaking down for y'all. But the Vikings was down 33 to nothing going into the third quarter. These mother lovers came back and won 39 to 36. They scored 40, almost 40 points, bro. In two and what a half? You even count overtime as a half of a quarter? <laughs> like two and a half quarters, but they scored forty points. And I, I want to give y'all the the, the 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 stat breakdown. Kirk Cousins was Kirk Cousins threw for four hundred and sixty yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. He was sacked seven times, but four sixty, four tubbies. Then rushing, Dalvin Cook, seventeen carries. 95 yards. No tubby, though. But listen, it gets better. KJ Osborne, 10 catches, 157, and a touchdown. I'm not done yet. Justin Jefferson, 12 catches, 123, and a touchdown. But wait, I'm not done yet. Dalvin Cook said, I'm not only am I a great running back, I'm a good receiver. Four catches, 95 yards, and a touchdown. And also, 
Adam Thielen brought in 33 yards, oh, 41 yards and another touchdown. And it was a part of one of the greatest comebacks in modern football history. And Matt Ryan is now on the tail end of the two greatest comebacks. He's on the wrong end of both of them. And I ain't going to lie, that is Matt Ryan's career. He is done. He will not play another game in the NFL. If Matt Ryan plays another game for another team next season, it'll be a problem. He is done. He needs to hang up the cleats, start coaching. Be a backup or something. But as a starting quarterback, he is a done son. Like for real. Uh but man, but those guys get um those those guys get players of the week offensively for me. That Vikings skill group put on a, a show in the second half and uh came back from 33 points down to get a big win to show why they're one of the better teams in the NFL. And then last, um, this this cat played his ass off. He might be, he might win defensive player of the whole week in the NFL. And that's Rayshon Jenkins of the Jacksonville Jaguars. 18 tackles, nine of them solo, two tackles for a loss, two interceptions, two pass breakups, and the game winning pick six to the house. Balling. Talk about balling. <laughs> the boy went freakishly insane. I was going to give it to Trevor Lawrence because he threw 360, four touchdowns. But I had to give it to Rayshon Jenkins because he, because I felt like I gave it to Trevor Lawrence before. And, and this will help me transition into my next point. I said this on air a few weeks ago. This is when the Jaguars weren't, this is when the Jaguars had just lost to the Eagles. They were still not that good. And I told y'all, the Jaguars give me early Cincinnati Bengal vibes. I don't know if y'all been watching the Jaguars. Just watch them closely. Trevor Lawrence is their Joe Burrow, and he is the best player on the team by a lot. He is the reason why they win football games. And then he now has his Joe Mixon, Travis Etienne, who wasn't here last year, playing this year, playing very well. Got to fix the fumbling problem. He has a lot of fumbles this year, but I think that's just from he got to get used to getting banged. In college, he ran away from a lot of tackles because nobody was fastest. But you're in the league now. It's the ends that run your speed. So he's got to work on uh, uh, keeping the fumbles to a minimum. But um, – I definitely uh, 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 like that. Again, they're about to get Calvin really next season. That'll be his. And again, he's not Jamar Chase. But you're going to have your true number one receiver who people going to have to respect. Now Christian Kirk goes to the two. Now you're going to have Marvin Jones and Zay Jones getting guarded by third and fourth options. You're still going to have ETN out the backfield. You know what I'm saying? They're only going to get better. This is Coach Peterson's first year here. I'm telling y'all, bro. And I, again, I don't say this in a good way. I'm a Titan fan. These fools in my division. But I'm a, I respect the game of football. I respect talent. I respect when you can build an organization. And the Jaguars are trying to do that. That's why they got on us last week. And that's why they just got on the Cowboys this week. Leading into another game, I think the Jaguars going to win again. They play the Jets on Thursday, and that's what I'm getting into anyway, Thursday night. Tonight, Jags-Jets in New York at MetLife. I like the Jags. I'm taking the Jags. And again, I ain't gonna front. I want the Jets to win. I hope the Jets win because I still want to make the playoffs as a Titan fan. My cousin made a crazy point saying he don't want us to make the playoffs and we should lose to get better draft picks because we're gonna be one and done. Which kind of made with it. It didn't make sense to me uh, early, but then when Tannehill got hurt, it made more sense. Because like I said, bro, I can't see Malik Willis, Callen, just you know what I'm saying, jumping out the gym and just turning into respectfully Mahomes or something overnight. And just being this crazy callous in the playoffs. So I, I, when he said that, it kind of made a little more sense now when he said it to me. So 
But I still don't want us to lose out because we still got a chance to make the playoffs. And again, bro, I just, you know, I like making the playoffs, bro. I like being a competitive team. But again, we really not that competitive. Our division sucks. We beat all the weak teams we play and we lose to the good ones. But again, this is about the Jags. And I want to talk about them and I really think they're going to win. Um, Zach Wilson starting for the Jets. As a dude who thought Jack, Zach Wilson was going to be good, to me, Zach Wilson gives me Baker Mayfield vibes. You think you're better than what you are. And that is a problem. When you think you're better than what you are, you're usually a lot worse than whatever you thought you were out the gate. So I think Zach Wilson is killing himself softly. And I don't like, and you know, Robert Sala can say he played well and all that, but they lost. They lost. And it's on him. And he has to play better. He has to be a better leader. He has to be a better teammate. He has to be a better quarterback. Are y'all going to be either looking at A-Rod in the offseason or Jimmy G in the offseason or one of these quarterbacks they're going to need, bro, because the Jets got a good team now. We see their defense is top tier. They have some talent on offense with all those weapons that wide receiver and tight end. When Brees Hall come back next season, he'll be a monster at running back. It's just like, bro, they, it's, it's no way it's no way that the quarterback should be that big of a problem. And again, I was a fan of Zach Wilson. I ain't saying he should have went pick two, but I thought he was a, a worthy quarterback of going in the first round. I thought he showed a lot of skill at BYU, blase, blase. But uh, it's not looking like that as of now. And um, I think it could get it could get ugly for him. And I think he has a put like this. I don't think he'll get this job back if Mike White ends up starting again this season. Like Mike White is out. He's about to miss another game. This is your chance to win your job back and never let him get it again. But if Mike White gets the job back from him before this year is over, he won't touch the quarterback for the Jets again. I could, I could say that. He won't, be the, he won't be the starting quarterback for the Jets next season. There's no way you let Mike White beat you out after he, loses, after he gets hurt and loses his job. Not lose it, but can't play. You cannot... Not you can't let him get back on the field. So Zach Wilson, you have to prove me wrong tonight, and you got to go out there and you got to play lights out because the Jags defense ain't that good. It's not that good. So you have to go out there and and play your ass off, and, and um, you know what I'm saying, and show why you was picked two in the draft, and show why they didn't mess up, and they should have took Fields or Mac Jones or Trey Lance. You know what I'm saying? So it's up to you, Zach. But um. Again, bro, the Jets got a tremendous defense, fourth in points allowed per game, uh, third in yards allowed a game. Like their defense is, is legit. And if Zach Wilson don't come with it, I mean not Zach Wilson, but if Trevor Lawrence don't come with it, they'll they'll make the game hard on him. But again, Zach Wilson got to be able to play against the, the, the Jags defense. And again, it's not that good. But right now, neither is he. So Styles make fights. I think this would be a great fight. Um, again, I want to thank y'all for tuning in. Thank you to everybody who listening. Happy holidays, y'all. Um, you know, love, live, life, Tupac. Enjoy your loved ones. Um, you know what I'm saying? And um, check in on your strong friend. They might not be doing that well this time. And check in on people who lost their loved ones over the holidays. Uh, whether it was this year, last year, another year. Check in on people who missing people who usually get that love around the holidays. There's a lot of people missing love around these holidays. I'm going to do the same. Um, to my... Uh, for College Football Friday, for the people who do listen, if you follow me on Facebook, uh, Dana Real Wood, Dana Space Real Space Wood on Facebook. It's an ugly picture of me with some glasses on and an NWA mask. Go on there. If you uh, if you tune in on College Football Fridays, if you got a kid 
and they got a scholarship, they got recruited, they going somewhere, let me know. I will give them a shout-out tomorrow on the episode, on the podcast, on Football Friday. Because I'm going to talk about sign today. We're going to talk about some players that signed. We're going to talk about Caleb Williams winning the Heisman. We're going to talk about the bowl, uh, bowl games coming up tomorrow, bowl games over the weekend. We're going to talk about the playoff, all of that. We're going to talk about all that good stuff. But I want to give a shout-out to the kids who got scholarships and might not get that love on National Signing Day where they're going to get talked about and get a little plug. So especially to my guys, my OAL guys, I'm going to tag y'all in this when I drop it anyway, but make sure y'all send me that, man. I want to I get them kids some shout-outs. I was talking to my boy, uh, Corey, the other day, man. He got a couple players at his school at Oakland Tech out of Oakland um, on scholarship going out. I've seen it one to Stanford. I've seen another cat out of McClimax going to Cal. So I want to get these kids some publicity because I'm an OAL kid. I come from Oakland. I'm an Oakland product. And we don't always get publicity. I'm in the Valley now, so to my Valley cats, y'all got some kids that's on scholarships. They go to these schools out here in the Valley and I mess with y'all. Man, hit me up. I want to give these kids some love, man. Tell them to turn the podcast and put their friends on and let them know. Uh, D. Wood going to give them a shout-out on the podcast. But again, man, thank y'all for tuning in. I love everybody who support. Y'all already know. Like, subscribe, share, comment, tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell an enemy. It's going down in this thing. We talk good football. We talk good sports. And y'all already know, man, it's the Bring the Wood podcast. It's your boy, D. Wood. And y'all know what I do here on this podcast. I bring that damn wood. Have a good one. Peace.